Hello everyone, this is Joseph Anderson with Keeping Up With Joe, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different than usual. Instead of doing the usual interview thing, we're going to be answering, or I'm going to be answering, some of your questions. So I recently reached out to some of my loyal fans via email. Uh, if you haven't signed up for my email newsletter, then you're really missing out. That's where I talk to most of my fans one-on-one. -on -one and the people who love the content on my website. You can easily subscribe to that newsletter on my website. There's various forms on there, or you can just press the subscribe button. Pretty easy to do. In the newsletter, I share a lot of content that you won't get anywhere else, as well as keep you updated with things like this, like this question asking thing that we did. So yeah, if you sent a question to me, now or at any other time, I'm really grateful. And you know, make sure that you can just go ahead and send me a question whenever you want. You can do that on my website by just filling in a form on my contact page, or you can just respond to one of my emails that I send you from my newsletter. So I send that from my josephwriteranderson at gmail.com email address, and you can just reach me via that. I love answering your questions. It's one of my favorite things. And I found that since writing a lot about content creation and writing and how to make a living doing that, um, that actually people reach out to me pretty frequently from just reading that stuff online with questions about people they love or questions about themselves and their own career goals or even just things like travel tips. So yeah, I'm going to try my best to answer the questions I have in front of me right now. I'm not sure if I'm going to make, make it through them all. I have a lot of really good ones, but let's dive in. I'll do my best. All right. So here we go. The first one is from actually a good friend of mine, David, and he's from the UK. So it makes sense that his first question would be about Harry Potter, of course. And his question is this. In the USA, I discovered that many Catholics have an issue with the Harry Potter franchise with the belief that real spells are used within the narrative. Where do you stand on this and why? Wow. That's a really interesting question, David. I have no problem with Harry Potter. I don't think, in my opinion, it doesn't ever seem like the point of that book is to promote actual witchcraft. The story seems to be much more about overcoming adversity, as well as just dealing with things that you deal with growing up and trying to become a better person. So I don't really think that there's, I think if there are spells, etc., it's not all that much different than the kind of spells in, uh, Lord of the Rings, maybe, I don't know what you mean by real spells, but maybe, you know, maybe those are somehow based on actual spells, which is due in real life. I have no idea, but to me, it, does, it seems kind of harmless. I mean, I guess if you are going to go out and start trying to practice witchcraft, that's probably not the best thing to do. So if you have little kids and they don't understand that that's not the point of the story, I could see that could be a problem, but all in all, I think Harry Potter is a great franchise. At least the, the original books, I'm not so sure about the Fantastic Beast movies. They're okay, but not as good as the original. Anywho, moving on from David's great questions, and we're going to go into Jessica. So Jessica has been writing a lot. And of course, if you've been to my website, which I'm sure you have, if you're listening to this, I write a lot about what it's like to be a writer and give different tips and ideas about how to improve your craft. And sometimes I just kind of complain uh, about being a writer as well, which I shouldn't because I'm grateful to be one. But sometimes it's a little heavy. 
So Jessica's asking, saying that she had an offer from a book publisher and though they appreciated her manuscript, they are still asking her to buy 200 copies. She's working on a novella, a no, oh, she spelled that funny, a novel, not a novella. Hmm. And I, and she really wants to see it published and she's just trying to deal with the publishing dilemma. So Jessica, what I would say to this is that, hmm, if a publisher is asking you to buy copies of your book, then that means they're not really a traditional publisher. They're more of, I don't know, I don't know if that's really a vanity press or not, but it sounds like they are more interested in getting you to pay for those books than they are interested in actually promoting your work. So I would say in general, if a publisher is asking you to buy a bunch of copies, it's probably not a good idea, but I would definitely look into what other marketing things they offer. So you want to get a full idea of what the publisher is actually going to offer you. So ideally, if you're going to go the traditional publisher route, you want a publisher that's going to help you like actually get your book out there in a way that you couldn't yourself. So that might mean getting books into Barnes and Noble or other big bookstores, or at least some doing the market helping out with the marketing or maybe they have contacts something like that otherwise you're better off probably just publishing it yourself you know so anyways i have a great blog post about that written on my website um it's actually one of my more viewed blog posts lots of people read that all the time uh i think it's just probably ranks kind of high in seo so which search engine stuff sorry for those who don't know that and uh, it's called traditional publishing versus uh, self-publishing and I think you should just go check that out on my website it gives you a lot of insight into what you should be looking for and what what which route of publishing might be right for you okay thank you so much for that question let's move on so this is Abraham now Abraham read one of my medium articles about content creation and he wanted to uh, and he asked me what major or classes he should take to help him with creation in college so Abraham, the, the main thing about college you want to, the main thing that you need to get from college is a degree. So I am not someone who believes that like a, any particular degree is useless. Although, you know, some, I think some hyper-specialized degrees might be something you not, you, you want to stay away from. I think also it depends on the kind of content creator you want to be. So there's all kinds of different forms of content that you can specialize in. So if you are, if by content you mean you want to be a writer, I think any of the writing, more writing-oriented disciplines would be a good fit for you. So that could be uh, English, that could be journalism, that could be communications. Or if you are more interested in like the marketing side of things, you really want to go heavy on the marketing, you could get a marketing degree. And, you know, if you have natural, really strong content creation skills, uh, you can then partner that with the marketing know-how. And as another thing too is, is if you are more on the media side, you can get a communications or media degree. So if you want to go into video production, for example, some kind of a communications or filming degree might help you out. So it really kind of depends on what you want to go into. But at the end of the day, I think uh, no matter what you choose, just keep creating on your own. Keep, keep uh, creating with others, get things out there online you can really do a lot for your personal brand by just publishing yourself and getting yourself out there. Because people are ultimately gonna wanna see not just that you have a degree, 
but they're going to want to see, and a degree is important. I do recommend getting a degree, but they're also going to want to see that you are um, interested in this on your own and that you're interested in this outside of, outside of just your schooling and things like that. So definitely start creating now. It's never too late. It's never too early. Just go ahead and start creating. Now we have one last question here, handy. And that is from Brenda. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We have a couple more questions. But here, here's another question. This is from Brenda. And she's saying, hi, my son is going to be 18 years old soon. And he wants to be a content creator on YouTube. And he's making videos and has a Twitch account, all that stuff. She wants to try to support him the best she can and doesn't really know what degree or what area she should push him into basically. So she's asking me if she has, if there's any kind of training or information that can help her. And yeah. So Brenda, great question. First of all, I love that you're wanting to support him, support your son. I think that's great. I know a lot of people are not as enthusiastic sometimes when their you know gen z or kid tells them they want to be a youtuber so i think the important thing to realize is is that content creation is a highly in demand field right right now and in that digital space there's actually more jobs in that space and there are people to fill them so i think the important thing is is that your son becomes well-rounded more than just becoming uh more than just doing you know i mean it's it's good to pursue his passion and you should encourage him in that and he should keep creating youtube videos on the regular but you want him to become someone who's well-rounded and can do one of these roles so he can really plug that into like a specific role at a company or or you know maybe even as a freelancer or something like that. So in order to do that, I would suggest getting a degree similar to the question above. The kind of degree is probably not as important as although if he's really interested in YouTube specifically, I'm sure getting some sort of a communications degree with taking classes focused on filmmaking and things like that could really help him. And I would also suggest just learning a lot of digital marketing best practices, things like that, as well as starting to build out some sort of a portfolio that will put them really far ahead. It doesn't need to be like, basically by a portfolio, I mean like different projects that he's worked on, especially for people who are not in the family or you know some actual local business. If you could find someone in your local business area that that he could work for, create a video for, to promote that business, I think that would be really helpful. The thing is, is where you're gonna, where this is gonna be really applicable, you may not realize it now, and he may not realize it now, it's not gonna necessarily be in his own content efforts that he's gonna make the most money, although that's certainly possible, but it's in partnering with other people and lending those skills of video, of video making and content creation to others for a salary or for a set price, that's where he's going to make the biggest impact and make himself a career, you know, that's actually sustainable. So if he gets in that habit young, where he's, you know, learns to make a video for the flower shop down the street, for example, I think that would be a really good, 
a really good option for him. So yeah, I would go ahead. It's great that you're encouraging him. Keep doing that. And also just see if, you know, try to find out what resources you have and then encourage him to go out and find his own contacts for business and get his, and then once he starts making these films and videos and putting them online, he can then put them on some sort of a portfolio site. And there's lots of great portfolio sites out there. Um, I don't know which ones are the best for video because I have, I, uh, I use one, I use one for writing, but there's probably some really great ones out there for actual just video. So I would definitely look into that if I were you. All right. So I have one more question handy and this is from James and it's a kind of a nice question, sort of a bigger one. And I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. So, Hey Joe, this is, I just read your medium article about Maui versus Oahu. I was sent on moving to Honolulu because I wanted to be in a bigger city and meet people. Uh, I want friendly people. I'm extremely outgoing and I'm hoping to go in October to January if COVID slows down. Uh, uh, I like to chill on the beach, drink, journal, write. And I want to know in your, in your opinion, is Maui the better place to do this or Honolulu? So basically what he's referring to is I wrote an article about basically the difference between Honolulu and Oahu in general, the island of Oahu and Maui. So I've been to both and I was comparing the two of them. And I think in this article, I was really focused on why Maui was such a great vacation spot for 20 somethings. And, you know, I think that although in my personal opinion, I like Maui a lot better than Oahu. That's mostly from a tourist perspective. Like it's more, for me, it's more fun to be a tourist trying to get away from things in Maui. Cause it's kind of a, it's just a way you really feel like it's a different, different kind of place. Whereas Oahu and Honolulu are, are more oriented towards, you know, it's, a, it's like a city. It feels a lot like San Diego or something similar to that. Maybe kind of a cross between San Diego and Las Vegas a little bit. <laughs> But it doesn't, it's not really like, to me, it's not as island feeling. And although there are parts where it does feel more like that than I went to, but definitely if you're, if you're like a young person trying to meet people and make connections, I would definitely recommend going to Oahu and Honolulu. So as great as Maui is, that's kind of more for people old at heart, like me, who just want to like have a great little outdoor adventure. If you're looking to meet people and have a, and have a good time in that regards, Honolulu is where the people are. <laughs> so awesome. That was a, that's it for this segment of keeping up with Joe. So thank you so much. See you next time.